1: Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's
0: it going? Good. Good. We've had some fun Easter festivities, and... We have. Gotten a little too much sun again this weekend, so, uh... (laughs) Yeah, you especially. Yes, and I am trying to wear... I mean, I've worn sunblock, but I'm still... I'm pretty red. It's the time of year
1: when Idaho is weird, but we're at a weird angle to the sun where we are because we're high elevation. Yeah. So we kind of go from getting no sun to getting way too much sun really fast, mm-hmm. and we have a tendency to then overdo it quickly, huh?
0: Yeah. Yikes. I know. This forehead, good God. Well, <laughs> it'll get better, but... <laughs> it
1: will. It will. Yeah. But we definitely had some, some fun this weekend, but we... Yes. We need to, you know, get our act together because we need to get our shows out for you guys this week. So this is our Monday show. Yeah. And this is a cold read for Katie. And this is the case of the missing woman, Wendy Kahn. So let me tell you a little bit about Wendy. Wendy went missing... Around June 1st of 2018. Okay. So on May 31st of 2018, she and her daughter had met up and done some things together. Her daughter, Anissa, Anissa, sorry. You want to say it right? Anissa. And um, they had been out doing some stuff together. And then they went back to Wendy's house and they were sitting uh, on the couch visiting when Wendy's boyfriend, Muhammad Bilal Chungtai, I guess. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, came home and he told Anissa that she had to leave immediately or he was calling the police. So there were some real tensions there. And obviously, mom, you know, boyfriend and daughter didn't get along. Yeah. There were some things said later on that Anissa and Wendy were, were considering getting a townhouse together. So there were some thoughts that she was going to be leaving him, Mm -hmm. but we're not really sure. um, Other than, you know, he didn't even want her present in his home. Yeah. So that day, May 31st, 2018 mom drives Anissa home. Okay. And, they do talk on the phone the next day. They talk and they text on the phone the next day. Anissa says, mom seems fine. Doesn't seem like there's anything off. And then the next day, so that was June 1st. So then June 2nd, mom's phone goes straight to voicemail when Anissa calls to check in with her. And it seems like they talk every day. They're close.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: seems like Anisa was... Well,
0: her As close as they can be with a boyfriend situation like that.
1: Right. So she's pretty concerned.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: after two days of not being able to reach her mom, she and her dad, who is Wendy's ex-husband, they go to the police in Mankato and they report her missing. Mm-hmm. Because this is just not like her at yeah. all. The police go and they talk to the boyfriend. He says he think she ran off with another man. Oh god. Um her car is gone. It's not at the house. They don't know where it is. Um and the only other things that she had taken with her were her purse and cell phone. So 6 days after she went missing, her car is found sitting behind a CVS pharmacy, which is a CVS that she used to go to to fill her prescriptions, and one of the tires is slashed. And that is literally all that is known about Wendy Kahn. They never really look at the boyfriend as a suspect. The home was never searched forensically. Like the police went there. They didn't see anything that looked like foul play. But again, wasn't searched forensically. And not long after Wendy goes missing... The boyfriend sells the house and disappears. He literally left his car and cell phone behind. He had some money coming to him upon the sale of the house. He never picked it up. He just disappeared into the wind. Wow. And this was now, well, two and a half years ago. So here is... A missing poster with Wendy with some pictures of her boyfriend Muhammad. Uh, because there, you know, I mean, obviously, people are like, "Well, we think he did something to her," but there was never any evidence of anything. But there was so little investigation done by the police. I mean, they basically mm-hmm. went and asked him, and he said, "I don't know," and that was it. You know, that like they it. really. They really didn't do anything. And and for the last two years on the anniversary of her going missing, the police put out a little statement about how her case is still active and they're working on finding her, but they haven't had any new leads. So, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. that, you know, we're going to make an excuse. We're going to come on here and pat everybody's hand and let them know that we're trying real hard, except we're not trying real hard. They're not. They're not even looking for her, really. No. And they let him just completely disappear into the wind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody knows where he went. And he just left everything behind. Like, I mean, he just dropped his whole life and disappeared. Wow. Um. So let me think if there's anything else I haven't told you. I think that's very close to her poor daughter. Her poor daughter is absolutely heartbroken and cannot understand why this was never, you know, pursued further. Her phone was not used past June 2nd, and she has not accessed her bank account since May 30th of 2018. Oh. So there was no question, really, that it's not like she just ran off. No. Um, Also, uh, Chuk Tai, her boyfriend... He had misdemeanor convictions for domestic assault, stalking, and violating restraining order. Oh,
0: well, duh. Big surprise.
1: And he apparently, right. And he apparently actually had warrants out for his arrest when he disappeared. Wow. Some of those, he had
0: two active warrants for stalking. (laughs) That's so funny because my first uh, take on him and his disappearance is, man, he had gotten extremely paranoid. Well, for good reason, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, he had. Well, yeah,
1: stalking and violating a restraining order. And these things were against his ex wife. There were Mm -hmm. never any charges against Wendy, although Wendy had reported to her daughter some domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, and it does appear that there may have been a plan of some sort to get Wendy out of this situation, that she and the daughter Mm -hmm. were looking at moving in together and Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he had figured that out, but it's mm-hmm.
0: well, it's she, not really she known. She had yeah. told him.
1: Yeah. So this is Wendy. So she was 46 when she went missing. She's five foot five. She weighs, I don't know, I've seen 160 to 180 pounds, red hair, green eyes. So this is in Mankato, Minnesota. And there are a lot of people that are really frustrated about this case because of how little the police have focused on it. Mm-hmm. They just don't seem to have put any of it, you know, any energy into it. Right. So I would like us to take a short break. And when we come back, let's get let's hear your read on what you think happened to Wendy, where yeah. she is, you know, and anything that we might uh have that could help us uh, in this situation
0: okay okay we will be right back life is complicated the last year has been so hard on sensitive people so many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through people are working on jobs and relationships energy work self-development and health so why call me because my clients are my family When you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack, into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, Professional Psychic Advisor, over at 12listen.com.
1: And we're back.
0: Thanks for joining
1: us. We are talking about the Wendy Kahn missing case. She's missing out of Mankato, Minnesota. And we have given the circumstances of the case to Katie. And now, Katie, if you would take a moment and give us your cold read. What do you think happened to Wendy Kahn?
0: All right. So I feel like after boyfriend came home and threatened to call the police on her daughter and that ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. That after she took the daughter home, that she came back and she told him that she was thinking about getting her own place. I feel like she had just kind of hit the wall with him and went, this is just not. I actually feel like she was feeling like her daughter really needed her to do that. That she needed her mom and that this was just, she had had enough, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel like Wendy was much of a fighter, you know. I feel like she was very gentle. And when there would be instances and issues like this with him, she would really try to just you know kind of talk him down and Mm -hmm. you know. But I feel like she had really kind of had enough and had told him, you know, we're we're really I'm really thinking about moving out and taking some. uh, I keep hearing the same phrase, this cooling off time. Mm -hmm. But she kept she told him we need some cooling off time. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, you know, hadn't really taken action on that. I feel like she. Maybe felt like she needed to get a little more money together or, you know, needed the timing to be right to put that together with her daughter. But she had told him that that was a thought she was having because she just felt like her daughter really needed her right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It wasn't really about them. She didn't make it about them because, and you know, his behavior because that didn't, you know, bode well because then right. it just freaked out. I feel like he met her at the pharmacy. I feel like he met her and convinced her to get into his car and talk to him. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the tire was slashed because of him. I feel like that was just secondary. That just.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That was just. Vandalism. Just happened when the car was sitting there. Yeah. I don't even think he did it at all. Actually. I feel like he pulled up alongside of her while she was right there. And asked her to, you know, to pull her, stop her car and park it and get in with him so that they could talk. And I feel like he killed her in his car. I feel like he drove a ways away with her. I do feel like she's in some body of water. Okay. I feel like he waited until it was dark. And I think he drove her around for quite a while fighting and not, you know, refusing to let her out of the car. Um, he is a very paranoid person very paranoid person. And mm-hmm. his uh the ex-wife situation. I mean the legal stuff, but just did not that's not even it. It's the uh the emotional stuff around the ex-wife and her mm-hmm. finally having an ass full of his bullshit and mm-hmm. getting away from him. Now the same thing is happening with Wendy and he just can't bear it. Like he is not or was not uh emotionally well. He was emotionally very unwell actually. But I feel like he drove her around until it got dark and that he took her into a bit of a more wooded area. But I do feel like he killed her either in or right next to his car and disposed of her body in a body of water. I would be interested to know what body of water is around that area that is Mm -hmm. really fast moving. Mm -hmm. Because wherever he put her, it was in water that she got pulled a long ways fast.
1: Ah, okay. So, so a river, not a lake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say a river, something that's big and deep and moves quick. Okay. I don't have a name. Sorry. I wish I did. Um, but I do feel like that's what happened. So what happened to him? So with him, he got more and more and more paranoid. Yeah. And he had these legal things coming up and he had the police knocking on his door I do think that there had been, um, I don't want to say harassment, but there had been maybe some contact with her daughter and ex and friends, you know, people that were asking him, you know, or even driving past the house. I see him sitting in the window, seeing people driving past and he's convinced that they're all coming after him. Mm -hmm. I feel like he got more and more and more convinced that he was about to be arrested for this. I feel like he committed suicide. Really? I do. I don't think he fled. I think he killed himself. Wow. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if he did it, uh, you know, in a similar way to how he killed her. Because they haven't found his body either. But I think I don't think he's living. I feel like he
1: because he left his car behind. Right. Like he left everything.
0: He left everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, that makes a lot of sense because. He didn't even pick up the money due to him from the sale of the house. Yeah. No.
0: And it wasn't, this wasn't a fleeing to, you know, get a new identity, start a new life. He would have taken his cash. You know, he would have taken money with him. Right. But he was like, he was in a well when he killed her. And then that just, that haunted him and haunted him and haunted him until he finally went ahead and knocked himself. Wow. I'm sad that neither of their bodies have turned up. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they do or if they do, though, they'll be a long ways from where they started. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they ever will, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I feel like so often when bodies are disposed of in water like this, the conditions have to be just perfect. Right, right. Especially when we're talking about rivers and things that have a lot of underbrush and things, you know, a lot of scrub and deep stuff that they can get stuck on and anything. Yeah. I, I'm not an expert in that by any stretch and I wish I understood it better, but it does seem like so often when we see these guys, you know, the bodies that are disposed of like this, they don't ever surface. Right. Occasionally they do, which is wonderful for their they get family. Hung up in something underneath, mm-hmm. under the water and they don't come up. Yeah. Right. And over time they're just eroded to nothing or I don't know. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful yeah. to think about, but at any rate, um, she didn't abandon her family. She didn't flee and just take off. And no. she didn't do any of those things. She was murdered. She would never have left her daughter.
1: Okay? No. Yeah, I that was I had that very strongly as well, that she wouldn't have left her behind. She mm-hmm. she loved her very much. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, ben and other friends and family, too. I mean, she had a life, you know. She did. And, but she was ready to be done with him. She had enough. But again, the paranoia and the mental illness in him, I think, uh, you know, it was coming across as just being uh, domestic violence, you know, illness, maybe narcissism. And I'm sure it was all of those things, but I think it ran even deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And he just got increasingly more dangerous. Sure. But there's no way in hell he was going to go through getting left twice. He just couldn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. Profoundly sad for
1: her. Very. Very, but thank you for that because maybe that can give a little closure, you know, about what happened, and you know, we can certainly hope that their bodies turn up. Yes, you know, to give an, to give an answer at the end, and I, I, yeah. I genuinely hope for Wendy's daughter that that happens because I can't yeah. imagine this just not knowing.
0: Oh, I, I can't either. That's awful. It's hard enough to lose your mom, but to lose right. your mom in a way where you don't know what happened to her. Right. And that the person who is responsible is never brought to justice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. And in this case, isn't going to be. I guess he kind of brought himself to justice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank no, you. Unfortunately, for that, right? you know, I mean, the police definitely could have dug deeper. I mean, they could have taken him in and questioned him and tracked oh, I don't his know. steps. I mean,
1: maybe searched his car. Maybe what? actually, like, forensically searched the house. They didn't. They didn't do any of those things. It's just it's so strange to me why this happens. I just.
0: Well, it just goes to show how often our law enforcement is allowed to pick and choose the yeah. cases that they actually care about. We've seen it's way strange. too much of that. And yeah. to be honest, before you and I started our doing this level of true crime work, I had no idea. No. I thought
1: any time. so many cases go just completely ignored. Yeah. Yeah. I know the families are
0: just at the mercy of finding someone to help them. I am yeah. dumbfounded about all of it.
1: Yeah, me too. Agreed. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for that. You bet. Today is our Monday show, so we do mm-hmm. still have cases coming on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, you know, on our uh, on our shared case this week, we're going to tell you. About an Idaho serial killer who's been on death row twice. Yeah. Did you even know that was on death
0: row twice? Yeah. We'll tell you all about it. It's interesting. Wait,
1: that's going to be a great one. And then, of course, we'll be back Wednesday night with our Wednesday night case update at 7 p.m. Mountain time and Thursday night with the psychic hour. That's also at 7 p.m. Mountain time. So then on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, we tend to. Just pop up with a quick little yeah. um, live stream of yeah. some, you know, interesting or wacky true crime stories. We, <laughs> we've been having fun with the wacky ones lately. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can find well, us. You in. know,
0: we have some pretty heavy subject matter up in here. So it's kind of yeah. nice sometimes to lighten it up.
1: Yeah, we like to do the fun ones, too, and the funny ones. Yeah. And of course, if you're listening to us on a podcast, just know we are also um on youtube and so you can watch our shows rather than listen to them if you like that we're true crime paranormal on youtube and if you're watching us on youtube and would really like to listen in a podcast just go find your very favorite podcast app and look for Mm -hmm. true crime paranormal because guess what we're there too you bet we're everywhere you guys (laughs) (laughs) or at least we try to be let me just say
0: that's Um, right (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you can also join us in the conversation about true crime and what's going on in our Facebook group. So if you go to Facebook, you can find our fan page, which is True Crime Paranormal. And then we have the True Crime Paranormal podcast discussion group that is linked to that page. And we share a lot of things in there. And that's where our Facebook live streams go. And we just like to hear from you guys about what do you think Yeah, about what we do here. Also, if you would like to recommend a case to us, we love that. This Mm -hmm. was a listener suggested case. Thank you. Just go to true crime, paranormal podcast.com and down at the bottom of the page, there's a little form you can fill out to send us a case suggestion. And we love those. Yeah. We go through them all the time and try to hit um, on those quite regularly because Mm -hmm. we know you are junkies out there when it comes to true crime. and Mm -hmm. You might have a case that we've never heard of, like. Like this one, yeah. So we appreciate it very much, yeah. Well, you guys know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for listening. Take care. Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving, and I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean, and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always... A package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.